0: Kia ora and g'day, sports fans. Welcome to the Sports Report, where we break down all the action from the past two weeks in the world of sports. We've got you covered from the cricket pitch to the race track to the middle of the cage and everything else in between. So grab a cold one and settle in because this is the Sports Report, your go to for all things sports, down under and beyond. Husey, Lewis Hamilton has made the shock of the sporting world and he's moved to Ferrari in what what I would have thought would have been described as a uh, a, a traitorous betrayal of moves. But interestingly, interestingly enough, obviously, I live in England, Lewis Hamilton, British, um, it isn't garnering a betrayal story as much as I thought it would. Um, mm. And it's probably got a lot to do with Formula One. Obviously, we're not Formula One air kids, I would say. We are more Formula One um, enjoyment watchers. Uh, and I'm, I'm one especially, obviously, I'm a big Lewis Hamilton fan. I'm, I'm one of those guys who love to watch history in the making. And he's one of the greatest racers of our generation. Now, he's moving to Ferrari. And to me, that would be like a big no-no, you know, one of the biggest rivals in sports at the moment with Mercedes, I know Red Bull's up there as well, but that, that would be a betrayal. But it's kind of not seen as that, and I think because of mm. Ferrari's history, because of the amount of money in Formula One as well and how this these drivers move, it doesn't seem like it's as much as a betrayal as I first thought.
1: Yeah, I think what differentiates it as well to a few other examples is that formula one are not necessarily location based by which I mean, most of the sports team they're based around a town, a city, country, nationality, whatever, not so much the case in a formula one where it's a brand against another brand, you know? So it, it is, you have less um, connection to like, like the, uh, you know like a person who grows up in new south wales is if they're a rugby fan they're going to be a waratahs fan if they grow up in queensland they're going to be a Reds fan right there's not that connection to say like oh i grew up in london therefore i must be a mercedes fan it is more of a, you follow the individual driver themselves or you follow the, you might follow the brand, but I think it is more of a personality thing. I think more people are supporting the personality and they just support the brand because that's who the personality is with. It's very similar to, and this is an example I used to use all the time from the other side of this. It's very similar to esports. And I think esports is very similar to Formula One because in esports, you have your brands who might go over multiple gaming titles. You know, An example that a few people might know is Cloud9 right cloud nine is an american esports organization and they're in all of the major esports titles counter strike league of legends you name it they're in it rainbow 6 you know and so there people become fans of that organization through the players in that organization and it's i think it's similar with formula 1 you know people are lewis hamilton fans i would not necessarily say that they're mercedes fans right there might be some that are that just stick with Mercedes, whoever's driving for them. And I think that is more of the case in Australia where you used to have the Holden versus Ford kind of thing. But that's, that again was, it's very easy when it's a binary system like that to really stick to one or the other where you've got such a wide variety in Formula One, you're more attracted to the person than I think to the brand. And that's where I think the difference is in this quote unquote betrayal.
0: Yeah. And it's like, it's fascinating as well. And it's a good point because you think about it Ferrari is obviously Italian. And yeah, they've just hired a British driver, which you yeah. would think is actually the biggest betrayal. But it's the greatest news for Ferrari in a, in a very long time, which is crazy. Like yeah. Stock Rose, um, they're seen as the big winners here. He's got a hundred million plus contract apparently. Like I just sat there and I was like, you would think just about any other sport a switch like this. And, and you know I've got some examples written down which are you know this is if you it would be the equivalent of Richie McCall playing for Australia like it's that's how it feels like it should be but you've mm. got like Luis Figo who obviously went Barcelona to Real Madrid which was big LeBron James to Miami and in and, and the NBA um Boden Barrett is, is the big one I kind of noted where he moved from the hurricanes to the Blues which was kind of the first you'd seen a super rugby move like that. When the yeah. player chose to move, and he still got quite berated by Hurricanes fans, as I believe was warranted. Um, but, again, it was, this doesn't feel like that. It feels more like yeah. a this is uh, a switch, and everyone's, yeah, as you said, all those fans of Lewis Hamilton thinks it's good for Lewis Hamilton. All those fans of Ferrari thinks it's good for Ferrari. And even the Mercedes fans that are out there, I don't think they're that... Like again, Lewis Hamilton's coming to the end of he's 39 now. Like, can't can't imagine he's got more than maybe two, three, four um, years left le- left in the tank. So it's not like he was leaving in his peak. He brought them, you know, championship yeah. after championship. So yeah, it, it feels it's 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 one of those weird ones in sport where you go, you've got a guy completely moving teams. At the end of next year, so you know, Mercedes are still fans of him for this year at least. Ferrari's waiting to see what they get, and it doesn't feel like there's that amount of hatred out there. that Yeah, you I
1: think, think it is, I think it is most, I think, more similar to some examples I've seen out there in the media. The one that springs to mind for me is Tom Brady to the Buccaneers, right? Um, another one is Peyton Manning to the Denver Broncos, right? Both of them, like Hamilton, towards the end of their career, brought championships to their hometown. They're getting on an age they've earned the right to sort of do what they they want to do. I think if you're looking more – I think when you're – the LeBron James one, he was at his – the peak of his career, or was arguably still reaching for his peak. He hadn't reached his peak, right? Um, and he, he left – it was more of a betrayal because he left his hometown because he was born in Akron, Ohio, and he played for Cleveland Cavaliers in Ohio, right? So there's that connection to place and to people again where – you're leaving them all behind and you haven't brought the championships. Um, You've been to the finals, but you didn't win, you know, you've had some success, but you haven't taken the team to the next level. It's like it almost, I, I would say it felt like you haven't finished your job here. You haven't earned the right to walk away yet. Now he did come back and win a championship for them. And so that mollifies it somewhat, but at the same time, that's where I think the huge controversy. And that was when Tom Brady left the Patriots, I don't think there was a sense of betrayal from Patriots fans. When Peyton Manning left the Colts, I mean, he was more or less forced out the door anyway, but there was no betrayal when he went and won a championship for the Broncos as well. So I think it is, it is a really, it's great to see that it can happen to that. Someone can leave an organization like this and still have a good rapport with the fans because they have had that success. They've brought them victory and, They've done their job. They've done what they said they would do for these fans. They've repaid their loyalty, and now it's they they're free to do what they what they want to do. And I think that is is really key, a key comparison between the LeBron James example and the Lewis Hamilton.
0: And an and argument to that point, I would say though, is with and again, I totally agree with it. Yeah, LeBron James didn't bring championships, but. He was also not put in a position to bring championships with the rest of his roster, and the organization mm. didn't build enough around him. Now, saying that, th- this is where I believe it could link. If Mercedes were delivering a car that was still winning championships, I don't know if Lewis Hamilton would be leaving. I think yeah. because of the situation he's in at the moment as well, like it's come out and say, you know, it was his dream since he was 10 years old, but we all know Lewis Hamilton. Lewis Hamilton, all he does, all he cares about is winning. Like, that is yep. – and that's not a bad – like, any great of their sport, that is what we've seen from every single great. That's all they care about. And that's mm. – and, and it's valued because, you know, if you get a winner, uh, you, you want to you wanna back that winner. So my belief yep. is, yeah, it may have been part of his dream, but if Mercedes were delivering on what they had previously, I don't think this move would be happening. And I think he sees it as, mm. look, Mercedes aren't delivering – I get a chance to go into a Ferrari that has delivered somewhat. Like there's been potential there, um, but yeah, it, as everyone's saying, I don't think it sh- it sh- it's it's probably the biggest news story of the past you know month. Or it was it was hilarious over here because it was obviously transfer deadline day in football. So everyone was saying the biggest transfer of the day was Lewis Hamilton's Ferrari next year. So yeah. um, that was quite funny. But it it, it was to me like. Everyone's saying and talking about this, but Red Bull are still clear favourites. Like after what they did last last year with Max Verstappen, is like, is this enough to move the needle this year and next year? I know new regulations come in in twenty twenty six, so my assumption is Lewis Hamilton's a smart enough man to know something's going on, and Ferrari are uh, going to turn it on when those new um, regulations come in in twenty twenty six. But yeah, mm. it's a very interesting time in Formula One, and again, it is. This is this is building into. Again, we talked about um, last week on on our rugby podcast about, you know, full contact, bringing characters into the game. How good is this story going to be for the next year and drive to survive? Like, you yeah, know, it's just it's this, exactly is, what I was thinking. this is going to build exactly what, what they want. And um, as, you know, we're, we're, I think it kicks off in end of Feb, it's and mm-hmm. Grand Prix. So all that news headlines are starting to move. And from what I've read, we're about to have the biggest driver moves Of ever, like there's so many uh, drivers off contract at the end of this year. Um, We could see potentially Danny Rook back into uh, a a decent team seat and stuff like that. Um, So yeah, look, lots lots going on in the Formula One
1: world. Absolutely.
0: But let us know in the comments, do you think this is a betrayal? Have you been betrayed by Lewis Hamilton or is this just smart business by everyone all involved?
1: In a week from... Today, the day of our recording this podcast, Super Bowl 58 will be played. It'll be a rematch of the Super Bowl that happened four years ago. It's going to be the Kansas City Chiefs taking on the San Francisco 49ers. A lot's changed about these two teams. One thing that has remained the same is Patrick Mahomes and Travis Kelsey. Now, we, we've got a little bit to dive into, into this game. Let's. I think what we do first, before we get to who we predict our winner to be, I think we should go through how these two teams have got here, because it's all—it's a little bit a tale of two different teams, right? And it's a little bit of a flip of the script than the last time these two faced off in the Super Bowl. So if we start with the 49ers, right? Last time they played in the Super Bowl, they were a team that had to go the long route through to get to the Super Bowl compared to what the Chiefs had to do. They had to play in all of the, the rounds, I believe, because I believe they were the two seed that year. I don't think they were the one seed. I could be wrong, but I believe they were the two seed. They did host home playoff games. They did have good success, but they were a team that was, even though Jimmy Garoppolo had done a nice job to get them there, there were still questions about the um, questions about the quarterback. We'll look at him this time. There's questions about the quarterback, right? But I think Brock Purdy is in a lot more solid position than Jimmy Garoppolo is. Jimmy Garoppolo was well into his career by the time he made it to the super bowl and you sort of knew what you had with jimmy garoppolo and i don't think he had a lot of the tools that brock purdy did i think brock purdy makes better decisions than jimmy garoppolo has the 49ers have found they spent all that draft capital on trade lance but at the end of the day it was the guy they took with the very last pick in the draft that ended up being the quarterback that they needed the right fit for their system and that's what i think Brock Purdy is much more than Jimmy Garoppolo was, was he's a fit for this system of Kyle Shanahan's. He's got legs to escape when he needs to, but I think the the thing that stands out the most for me is his decision-making. With few exceptions, with very few exceptions, he's had incredibly good decision-making this entire year. I think the 49ers were very unlucky last year that in their championship game, he tore his UCL during the game and couldn't keep going into that game the Eagles ended up making it to the Super Bowl because the 49ers lost all their quarterbacks, right? Christian McCaffrey was playing quarterback by the end of the game. This year, however, it's been a much smoother sailing. However, they have been challenged in the playoffs. They had a tough game against the Packers, and then they had a comeback win against the Lions. I think they've shown a lot of resiliency in these playoffs, which is not something they've shown during the regular season, and it's arguably something that everyone who knows... Anything about Kyle Shanahan should be worried about is his team's ability to stay resilient, to stay fighting. Because it, the, I'm sure this, will, this is going to hurt you to be reminded, of, but 28 to three—that those those three words are enough to trigger an entire generation of Atlanta Falcon fans and Kyle Shanahan fans. So I think the 49ers have come into this a lot tougher of a team. We look at the Kansas City Chiefs now. The golden boys of the AFC have been to the AFC championship game six years running, six years running, well, sorry, five years running. They've hosted the game this year. They had to go on the road. This year was the first time Patrick Mahomes has had to play on the road in the playoffs in his career. And he did it in two games against two very good opponents. They started out in the wild card round hosting Miami where water was literally freezing in people's bottles and beer in their beer cans Idiot Miami fans were out there without shirts on, and I believe double-digit numbers of those fans went to the hospital for hypothermia and pneumonia after the game. So Miami's play on the field was just about reflective of their fans' behavior off the field, where they were, there was pretty much a no contest. It was pretty much, the, the Chiefs are going to win this. You know, everything went against Miami. Tua playing in cold weather hasn't got great stats on that. Tua playing on the road hasn't got great stats there. Uh, playing Kansas city, playing in Kansas city. They've got pretty damn good stats there, especially during the playoffs. So that was a bit of an on of it. When are we going to talk about that? Then we have the game in Buffalo, a game that should have gone to overtime, except for a missed kick by the bills field goal kicker. However, the chiefs played on the road for the first time, literally copping snowballs from the bills fans while they're trying to catch footballs, which to me, I think I ran it about last time. You should be banned for life. If you do that, it's unsportsmanlike. It's not about sports and it's, the organization themselves should be punished for it. Uh, the chiefs though survived that test against Josh Allen in the game where Josh Allen was put on this podium of like, this is, this is the modern NFL quarterback. This is what every team needs. Every team needs a Josh Allen. However, what did I say in our podcast that week? I will never bet against Mahomes, And I came, it came through for me once more. He came through once where he put his team in a position to win AFC championship game, a, a game that I think everyone was expected to be dominated by offense because that's what we saw in the bills. Chiefs game was, it was a relatively high scoring affair. Um, and now you're in Baltimore with Lamar Jackson, MVP presumptive, right? Had an incredible year, had a great offense under first year offensive coordinator, Todd Monken, um, and yet the Chiefs defense clamped down hard. A Chiefs defense that was missing some pieces clamped down hard, held them to ten points. The Chiefs themselves were held to 17 points as well. Right? So this was a much more of a defensive battle than I think a lot of people were expecting. And that's what leads me to the Super Bowl now. Right? The Chiefs and the 49ers, I think this is going to be very similar to that first Super Bowl that they played where for three quarters, it was a defensive slugfest. Mahomes was throwing interceptions, which he hadn't done in the playoffs before. Uh, The 49ers were uh, moving the ball, yeah, but they couldn't quite convert it into points. There were some mistakes here and there. And in the fourth quarter, Mahomes switched on, made some great plays, and put the Chiefs in a position to win. A lot has been made. I'm going on a little bit of a tangent here, but a lot has been made about quarterbacks and comparing quarterbacks um, in recent weeks, because I think we are really blessed at the moment in in the NFL to have so many great quarterbacks across so many different teams. I don't think we've seen this level of talent for quite some time. You know, harkening back to sort of the um, early 2010s when you had Brady in his prime, Peyton Manning uh, in his prime, prime Ben Roethlisberger, Aaron Rodgers coming into his prime, Eli Manning still winning Super Bowls, Joe Flacco winning Super Bowls. Like you had. Really good quarterback. And he had quarterbacks in there. Uh, Drew Brees as well. You know, you, you know, they had a lot of these quarterbacks and they had quarterbacks that never won Super Bowls, like Phil Rivers as well. Um, you had a great amount of talent there. I think we're seeing a similar generation here, you know. But at the end of the day, what separates Brady from all those quarterbacks in the past is what's separating Mahomes from all those quarterbacks in the past as well. He's getting to Super Bowls, he's winning Super Bowls. At the end of the day, right? The only stat that matters in the NFL is who wins the Super Bowl, right? That's the only stat that matters at the end of the day. That is the enti- That is what every NFL team, the objective of the season is, is to win the Super Bowl, right? From your Carolina Panthers, the worst team in the league, all the way through to your Baltimore Ravens, San Francisco 49ers, top season respective conferences. That is your goal, is to win the Super Bowl. So that's the only stat that matters at the end of the day. And that's the only stat that Mahomes is consistently getting over all these other quarterbacks, um, he got it last year against the Eagles, right? He was slaughtered against Tampa Bay in that s- Super Bowl when he had no offensive line. But, uh, uh, you know, the Rams did it against the Bengals. Um, Mahomes did it against the 49ers, uh, as well. Um, and I feel like I'm missing a Super Bowl in there, which is crazy <laughs> to, to think about. Um, no, cause this is his fourth Super Bowl. This is his fourth Super Bowl. He's, he's won two, lost one. Uh, and he's been in he's been to six AC championship games, right? First act. Right. He's won four of them. And he's won two Super Bowls with a third on the line here. That is winning. That is Brady, right? Brady is very similar to Mahomes in that there are other quarterbacks out there that you could say maybe are more talented, right? But he's the one that wins. And that also feeds into coaching as well. And that's where I think this this game could come down to. This, I think, is my point of differentiation is Andy Reid versus Kyle Shanahan. Andy Reid lost some Super Bowls. He adjusted, started winning some Super Bowls. Kyle Shanahan, he's lost two Super Bowls. One as an offensive coordinator. One as a head coach. Can he adjust and win this one? I think this is his best chance to do it. I think this Chiefs team is weaker than the Chiefs team that won the Super Bowl four years ago. I think the 49ers team that's playing in this Super Bowl is stronger than that 49ers team. I think the quarterback is better. I think the running back is better. I think the receivers are better. I think Brandon Ayuk has developed so far. He's developed beyond Debo Samuel, who's still a legitimate number one wide receiver in his own right. Uh, Kittle has continued to get better. The defense is flying around and is better. So I think this is Kyle Shanahan's best chance to win a Super Bowl. That being said, I'm still picking the Chiefs. (laughs) Because you don't... Bet against Mahomes
0: I see what you're saying here And I agree with everything you've said um, But the past two times I've bet against Mahomes And it hasn't worked for me So when you're in a hole There's only one thing you can do And that's go all in against Mahomes um, I just I need someone to stop it I can't handle it I can't handle the Chiefs yeah. winning again Again It's it's that, that success creates hate You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, Again I, I, I actually quite like Mahomes as a person. Like he's a likable person. Um, but mm. I hate seeing him win now, just because he's done it so often. Um, yeah. Now, saying that, I also love seeing history in sports. So you again, when yeah. you see greatness, you love seeing it, and to be able to sit here and say Mahomes, I get I get to grow up watching Mahomes play, is awesome. Mm. You know, I get to grow up watching Brady and Mahomes play. Like I've could have two generational quarterbacks back to back. Um. But saying that, I always wanted to see Brady get beat. Um, I'm hoping that I can see Mahomes get beat this time because um, purely just from a selfish standpoint that I don't want to see Mahomes, Taylor Swift or Travis Kelsey win. Um, And... The other day, my girlfriend called Travis Kelsey hot, so now I have to have internal hate for Travis (laughs) Kelsey because that can't just double reasons. Yeah, exactly. I can't have that happening. Um, So, look, my
1: girlfriend called Jason Kelsey hot, so I've got that.
0: That's that's respectable. (laughs) Like you know, like that is that's a beautiful looking man. Um,
1: Yes, and she said it's because he reminded me. He reminded her of me. So I was like, okay, I can take that. Take that. Yeah, wasn't he? He
0: was. He was uh, nominated for worlds. Sixes man, Sixiest man. Was. He came yeah, second
1: yeah. as well, second yeah. to, I don't even know who. Who doesn't matter?
0: Yeah, exactly. He started. Um,
1: yeah, that's the one. So,
0: look, I, I'm I'm all in on the 49ers. I think a lot of what you've said is going to be correct. I think it's going to be defensive yeah. until someone makes a great offensive play. Um, yeah, can they stop Mahomes? Like you know, as much as it was a defensive battle last uh, in the AFC Championship, Mahomes still played one of the better games we've probably played this year, like I just thought he yeah. picked the Ravens apart. So, look, um, I'm invested in it. I'm This is definitely good for American football again. They're, I yeah. think all of these games have been high ratings. I think they're going to absolutely kill it with the Super Bowl as another high-rating game. I, I just, yeah, I think this is what the NFL does. Uh, it puts on great games with Spectacle. great story. It is. Uh, and so many storylines and this and that. And yeah. um, what a season it's probably been and coming up to the oh, penultimate game.
1: Yeah, look, if, if the 49ers win as well, it's a great story. You know, you've got so many storylines. You know, Mr. Irrelevant quarterbacking a team to a Super Bowl win. Um, Christian McCaffrey and Kyle Shanahan, their dads won um, a Super Bowl together. His Christian McCaffrey's dad played tight end for Kyle Shanahan's father, who coached the Denver Broncos at the time. So history you know, time is a flat circle. There's that in there. Uh, you know, the, the 49ers getting redemption for that Super Bowl four years ago. Uh, lots of lots of storylines within that. And, you know, it's real deserving players getting there, getting a ring. You know, you McCaffrey, Kittle, things like that. So Trent Williams as well. So I think there's great storylines on both sides of it as well. Um, and, and yeah, so I think we're in for a treat. I think it is, as a, for a Steelers fan, it'd be hard to swallow. If the 49ers win, because then they have six Super Bowl rings like us, um, <laughs> and then if the Chief and the Chiefs win, they've got uh, four, which is you know starting to catch up. So it's kind of, uh, but you know, it's at the same time. In either case, it's history, it's greatness, it's storylines, it's everything you want in a Super Bowl. Can
0: I can I push you for a final score? If you were to pitch out a final score, what are you what are you thinking?
1: I'm thinking. I'm thinking 20 to 13. 20 to my yeah. final score in favour of the Chiefs. Two touchdowns for Mahomes, and um, two field goals. And the 49ers also have two field goals, but only the one touchdown. touchdown.
0: Yeah, I like that. I can see that happening. Um, touchdown
1: to Kyle Juszczyk for the 49ers. Oh, you, know, you like that. Spicy. I, like that. Yeah, I do like nice. that. I do like um, that. And a little <laughs> bit of spice. of little catching the Chiefs off guard because I don't know if they'll be able to conventionally score on them. Just what the Chiefs did in that Ravens to the Ravens is pretty damn impressive. Um yeah, it's gonna be they they've just and they'll say they they've been to the Super Bowl before. Like yeah. most like you know, I think they can lock in. Whereas 49ers for a lot of the players it's new. For some of the players it's 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 old. They've been there before. Um yeah, I think twenty to thirteen. Well I could be completely wrong as well. I could be completely wrong. It could end up being an absolute shootout, which personally I prefer. Yeah. But <laughs> that's my that's my gut instinct.
0: Yep. No, we we, we like you, got an instinct. You're our our football guru here on 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 the sports booth. So um, yeah. we will back you all the way. Um, so if you wanted to put a bet down on a final score, twenty to thirteen to the Chiefs, West uh, Indies. you did the unthinkable and bet your Australian cricket team in a Test match. We were talking about this a couple of weeks ago. The West Indies were well beaten, and I was talking about how great this Australian cricket team was, and then all of a sudden, turn around. Play a test match and uh, the West Indies stun the great Australian cricket team and get a win, seemingly out of nowhere. Um, you know they they still didn't look great with the bat, but some hearty West Indies crickety cricket uh, got them over the line. and which I am thinking is one great upset. You know they were written off, um, told they weren't good enough, uh, and just you know again this is we haven't seen a good West Indies cricket team test cricket team in a very long time. And to go into Australia and get the win was massive for, I think, cricket and test cricket yeah. as a whole, um, but West Indian cricket as well. Saying that and and talking about that victory, which I think it was about 19 runs in the end, um, and a famous, I think it was Shamar Joseph, if I'm pronouncing that right, uh, the young West Indian fast mm. bowler who pretty much broke his foot the night beforehand and then came out and took the the match-winning wicket Um, showed a lot of heart and so I thought let's let's dive in into what is the greatest upsets in sporting history or just some upsets that we like quite a lot now I'm going to kick us off I've got three of my upsets Um, the first one is it's it's, it's not a one-off upset it's it's more of a season long of upsets that no one could believe happened it's Leicester yeah. winning the premier league yes. in uh 2015 i believe it was 2015 2016 season um where yeah like, it just kept happening and you just kind of sat there and went is this going to happen is this going to happen is this going to happen and eventually it happened it was uh <coughs> one of the greatest stories i think probably it's probably going to be the greatest story of the century we'll be looking back yeah in, you know the late 2000s uh you know the late 2100s and you'll be sitting there and going what how did someone like Leicester win the the Premier League mm. um, especially now when we're looking back even now you look back this was you know under 10 years ago and guess what they're playing in the championship they're not even in the Premier League anymore so that's kind of just say something about where that that win came where where that upset came yeah. from and and so on and so forth second one of mine um, is an individual. Piece of just amazement. Now, Mike Tyson was on a run. He was the dearliest man in the world. Would put him in the ring with anyone and you'd be like, yeah, he's going to win. Buster Douglas takes a fight. He's a 42-1 to 1 chance of winning. Not great odds. And does the unthinkable and beats Mike Tyson. And the reason I love this is there's lots of boxing ones you could go. when Muhammad Ali bet Sonny Liston. Then when Muhammad Ali bet George Foreman. But those ones, as much as I think they are upsets, Buster Douglas didn't really achieve much else other than this. And again, there he's had illustrious career in boxing. If you become the world heavyweight champion, you're a pretty good boxer. But to beat prime Mike Tyson was just something different. And I still watch, you know, I've seen videos of this. Yeah. Obviously couldn't see it live. But seeing videos, seeing everything around it, it's just an incredible story where you go, How did that happen? That that could not have happened. That just what happened to Mike Tyson to that day. Yeah, it's just a special moment, I think, in sporting worlds where a person so underrated can deliver and and beat one of the best, David versus Goliath type sporting moment in history. And then my last one is the New York Giants beating the uh, New England Patriots in the Super Bowl. Uh, obviously, New England had been undefeated up to that point. We're looking to really... Destroy, I guess, um, everyone's belief on what a, a, a team can be, and match the Miami Dolphins undefe- undefeated season. But then the New York Giants of Eli Manning come through and mm. do the unthinkable. And again, it's that's one of those ones where I sat there and I went, I cannot believe that that has happened. I've sat there and watched, you know, this team that I thought was unbeatable. Lose to a team that was quite beatable, wasn't anything special, and again another David versus Goliath situation yeah. where it's just yeah, just incredible. So those are my three that are, that really stand out for me. Cusy, what stands out for you?
1: Yeah, so I've got I've got a few in here. This was really hard for me to decide. I've even been sort of amending this list even even up till now because I'm just trying to order these in my head. I just there's so many upsets, and I think that's a great. For the, for the sporting world. Um, now, my number one pick, I think I'm going into the game, you wouldn't classify it as an upset, the final result. However, the circumstances within the game then leads it to become an upset because it's a comeback. And I've actually got two here because I've got two tied. I just can't separate because one's playoffs, one's regular season. It's an NFL game. The first, it is the... The comeback, which is the 1993 playoff win of the Buffalo Bills over the Houston Oilers, where they were down 35 to three, the largest deficit in an NFL game to ever be overcome up until the second game, which is the Minnesota Vikings in 2022, only two years ago, where they overcame a 33 point deficit to win the game. I think these, if you go into those games at those points, I think those comebacks I think that makes them upsets, right? When you're down 32, 33 points to a, a team, I think at that point, everyone's written you off. There is no, there you have zero, zero chance. And here, the analytics all say you've got less than 1% chance. That to me makes it an upset, that that team can come back from that and win that game. The thing about it as well that makes it that much more impressive to me is that they have less time to pull off an upset, compared to like the Giants and the Patriots to bowl, yes, a fantastic upset. But the Giants had the whole game to beat the Patriots, right? The the Bills and the Vikings in this instance had less than that. They had half a game basically to to overcome these deficits, less than half a game, I think, and they still managed to pull off that upset. So that for me puts it up there. Another, my second one is another very recent one and um, it's Saudi Arabia beating Argentina at the 2022 World Cup because Argentina went on to win that World Cup as well. Like We can't forget that. Like Argentina is the World Cup champions, and Saudi Arabia beat them, right? Saudi Arabia, like who could ever have seen that coming? For the eventual world champions, Argentina, they took them on and they won. That for me was flabbergasting to see that, flabbergasting. To see that, like, I'm not a big uh, football fan, like, you know, EPL football, soccer football, whatever you want to call it. Not, I don't watch it that much. I watch the World Cup. I love watching the World Cup, right? Because I love watching the Rugby World Cup, so well. I love international games. um, And that to me was shocking. Just absolutely shocking. Completely Upset the dynamic of the World Cup as well because there were questions now about Argentina, about Messi, will he ever get it? And things like that it's become amplified. So I thought that was an incredible upset. My third one is a boxing one. And I, I love this one. I love this one. This is one of my favorite sporting moments of all time. I am not a boxing fan. You know, I don't watch boxing. Boxing UFC have minimal appeal to me, but I watched a short documentary on this one. <laughs> and this was Anthony, Andy Ruiz, Andy Ruiz beating Anthony Joshua. You, you, it's one of those classic ones. It is an absolute tortoise in the hair story. And once I got Anthony Joshua ripped, fucking jacked, just an Adonis of a human being. The other side, you've got Andy Ruiz, who looks like he would offer you a decent rate to do your gardening for you or, you know, he's a, is like someone you see down at your local gym, right? You would never think, oh yeah, this guy's a professional boxer. And then you see him get the ring with Anthony Joshua and you're like, this guy's, this guy's toast. This guy's going to get the shit beaten out of him. Have they done like an amateur versus professional light matchup or something? And it all turns on one moment in this thing. I, and I, as I said, I watched this documentary and I was obsessed with it. And it all fell on one moment where Ruiz clipped Joshua in his ear and upset his equilibrium, upset his balance. And it put Joshua into a situation he'd never been in before where he wasn't in control, where he his body wasn't responding to what he wanted it to do. Like, he'd been hit before. He's been palming before. He's been hit in the face, hit in the body, hit all over. He hadn't been hit in the ear before. He hadn't had his eardrum equilibrium messed up. And it was really interesting watching fighters like Mike Tyson and Evander Holyfield explain that and what that does to a person and how even within the fight, Joshua was able to come back from that. And so again, even within the fight, people started writing off Ruiz again until he just landed a couple more great shots and just got, and Joshua was just out of it, was just done in the fight. And that for me, I love that because it was not only a huge underdog story, but it's also resiliency from Ruiz to stick in. It's a real life Rocky type story, like just continuing to to hit, continuing to absorb the, the hits. And it's an absolute, don't judge a book by it. its cover story. It's everything you want in an upset. Um, so it, I thought that was absolutely brilliant. Um, and I had a, an honorable mention here because our other podcast is a rugby podcast. So I, just think it, I just don't think we could get through this without having a rugby one in there. So my honourable mention is Japan beating South Africa in the 2015 World Cup. Um, similar to Saudi Arabia beating Argentina at the Football World Cup. Out of left field, who would have expected it? And, bonus, South Africa lost. So what more could you want? <laughs> what, more, what more could you want?
0: Yeah, you can't ask for much more than that. Um, yeah. But, yeah, no, I like, love love all of your ones as well. Um, mm mm-hmm. Yeah, those those comebacks, especially those game comebacks of Vikings one, I vividly remember. Yeah. And you just see them I coming just, back and you're I just like – I was
1: in shock. I, we're at a group chat, a football group chat, and the text flying back and forward in there, it was stunning. Like yeah. it was – I don't think you could have had – I think the only thing that would have shocked us more is if Australia had been invaded. Like everything <laughs> else. Like it was like the the most surprise and just shock – that this is actually happening. Oh God, this has happened. Mm-hmm. How has this happened? What is going on? Um, Yeah. It, it's just, for me, that's what makes it stick out in my mind. I guess, you know, I guess, you know, with my ones, these are all relatively recent. So I remember them quite vividly. So I have that emotion attached to them. Um, Whereas I think, you know, you I really like your Leicester one because, and I like that sort of for the inverse of the, Andy Ruiz one because Leicester had to do it over a whole season, yeah. right? They had to maintain it over the whole season, whereas you know the comebacks at, um, or you know the Andy Ruiz is half a game or it's one game, like it's, it lives up to the saying "any given Sunday" type thing. Like anything can happen on the day, mm-hmm. but Leicester having to do it over that whole season is is special in its own right, um, and. Yeah, look, for for me, I just didn't pick it because I didn't want to pick the same ones that you picked, but I think it's a deserving number one.
0: Yeah, totally. I think it'll be one that'll live in the the history of sport for a very long time. Mm. Um, but yeah, that has been our greatest upsets in sport, um, following on from the Indies cricket team doing something pretty special. But that yeah. has been the Sports Report this week, hosted by the Sports Booth. I've been Luke, that's been Kusey. Thank you for joining us. We'll catch you in two weeks' time. More than likely wrapping up, The Super Bowl with our NFL guru, Husey. But for now,
1: goodbye. Peace.